This is episode number 117 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Stannard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. On this episode, I'm going to give you three ways to encourage a diverse team to work together as one solid, cohesive unit. Um, A few of the ideas, by the way, may contradict some of the kind of wishy-washy tips that many educational institutions, universities, colleges, that kind of thing, and human resource organizations or associations are are kind of putting out. So kind of listen with caution. If you have a thin skin or you think the world is out to get you, this may not be the episode for you. By the way, the episode is brought to you by leadersinstitute.com for details about leadership development and how to create a team culture within your organization. You can visit our website at leadersinstitute.com. And if you have questions or comments for me, you can tweet me at Doug Stannert or contact me via my website at leadersinstitute.com. All right, so let's get on with today's episode about three stereotype shattering strategies to unite a diverse team. In the business world today, it's kind of normal to see offices um, that are are fairly diverse. I mean, gone are the days when it was really normal to, to go into an office and see people from the same town, the same age group, the same university, <laughs> and, and, and the like. Um, organizations are full of much more diverse teams uh, nowadays. Uh, so now it's normal for an office to have a 50-year-old mid-level employee supervised by a fresh from business school 30-year-old. So that's not even considering the diversity of religion and race and gender and political leanings and educational backgrounds and personal beliefs. Um, and, and in fact, you know, a lot of times law, laws uh, against discrimination of all kinds have, have really eliminated a lot of the blatant racism that you might have seen in the business world in past generations. However, those prejudices and stereotypes, they can still kind of cloud people's judgment at times. So this false sense of a quote unquote team kind of has the ability to to ruin people's cohesiveness when when they're working with each other. So as a leader, it's your responsibility to promote true collaboration that's not inhibited by the differences of a diverse team. So failure to do this may result in a lack of cooperation from your team members. You may also experience a drop in productivity and revenue if if you aren't careful. So um, we'll give you a few tips to kind of help uh, if you are dealing with any of the, the challenges, especially if um, if you're having challenges within your diverse team and that kind of thing. We'll give you some things that you can do to kind of spur on better creativity, better um, a, a better work environment and that kind of thing, because it, combating the intrusion, intrusion of what a lot of people are calling unconscious bias, it, it's really vital to a company's success in today's world. In fact, the diversity that your team provides can actually drive that success. The different perspectives, different backgrounds have the ability to create new ideas, uh, really breakthrough thinking. So if you want to get your diverse team to be more collaborative, just kind of follow a few of the things that I'm going to cover today. 
So these are three really simple things that you can, well, they're, they're simple, but sometimes they're not easy. Three things that you can do to encourage a diverse team to work together as, as one cohesive unit. Um, number one, the first thing that you want to do is you want to build open and unbiased communication lines among team members. So the first step for a diverse team to come together is to establish a culture of free speech. So your, your team has to feel that no one is going to be judged. No one's going to be ridiculed or, or laughed at for speaking up. And this goes for both widely accepted ideas within the group and also creative solutions to things that are, are kind of new and new challenges that have kind of come up. So for starters, you can leave all non-management related decision-making open to dialogue within your team. So I mean, obviously the really big important things, the, the critical things that, that um, deal with the, the, the major challenges that are going on in, a, in an organization, uh, that those are kind of the, the executive level decisions. But the things that are kind of less critical to the day-to-day -day operations, a lot, of, a lot of those things you can kind of leave to your team and let them kind of create a, a more inclusive work environment with that. For example, at a monthly team meeting, you can talk about upcoming holiday leave or work schedules. So instead of the, the manager telling people what the work schedule is going to be, you can kind of open it up to let the team come up with, with a solution. Everybody will probably have their own interest and their own opinions about the vacation length or unfair work distribution when somebody is, is on an extended leave or something like that. So so uh, some might actually even think that you're playing favorites uh, if, if you're not careful. But your job is really to facilitate the dialogue as a moderator, though, not, not to actually be the boss in that situation. Encourage that everybody's side is heard along with their suggested solutions. Uh, and then th this more open discussion allows the team to make better decisions along the way. And as long as you moderate the conversation well, you're going to see the following things kind of happen. First, your team will have gotten to know each other a little better. You know, so that's that's a big win because now they're building up their interpersonal skills. They'll also re reveal a, a bit about their personal lives while negotiating for their preferred holiday or leave or shift or whatever it is. And they'll make concessions with each other as well. Uh, so uh, a lot of times the people's if people have a, a fairly high level of trust and respect for each other, they'll they will typically kind of uh, be be good at dealing with others. So when they they'll they'll be more willing to give a concession and and let somebody get the benefit this time in exchange for maybe getting a better a better holiday schedule next time, right? So it's an excellent way to get to know each other and to learn to solve problems and and really negotiate as a team. So the second thing that you can do is you you want to celebrate achievements as a team. Now I'm going to talk a little bit more specifically about this in in a few minutes. But one of the things that that I was taught when I was coming up in the management world is that you always uh, praise in public and criticize in private, which is a pretty good piece of advice. So what I'm saying here may kind of contradict that, but I'll explain that explain it as as we kind of go. Um, praising individual contributions of employees works well, especially in one-on-one -on -one talks. So basically, if you're if if you're you go to one of your team members individually and tell them that they did a great job and praise them, a lot of times they they will they will feel recognized. 
However, if you have a, a culture within your organization where there is maybe some estrangement or a lack of trust, if you praise that same individual in front of the entire team, it has a propensity to kind of backfire in that kind of situation because the rise of one kind of quote unquote star employee can create unnecessary feelings of bitterness or allegations of favoritism. So you may also see an unhealthy spirit of the, what we call the crab mentality in the team. So those not praised, the people that didn't get that praise will now be reluctant to try harder next time. And others may think that working alone is the only way to get recognition for themselves. So now they stop working with the other team members. So all those things are, are really, really bad. And it seems like a good idea, but sometimes when we try to implement it, we get a, we, we don't, we don't get the best kind of situation. So uh, an alternative to that is the next time that your team accomplishes something, praise the whole team, praise the, the team as a whole, then, and by the way, if they actually fail to hit a goal, then you reprimand or coach them as a team as well. And in fact, a lot of times in these situations, I tend to kind of reprimand myself. You know, I, I kind of fall on my own sword if the team doesn't accomplish something. And a lot of times, if you have a good relationship with your team and, and you do that, the sometimes the people on your team will actually come to your your defense. I'll say, yeah, it wasn't just you. <laughs> you know, you were, you know, we all played a part in that kind of thing. And that's really what you want. That's 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 where the team is starting to work together in a more cohesive kind of way. So your team's performance, by the way, affects you and it also perfects your company's bottom line. So don't lose sight of that. Um so, so how do you implement this thing exactly, this, this tip? Uh, let's say that your team has a monthly quota or a performance metric that they're supposed to meet. And most months you have two really high-performing team members that pretty much just kind of drag the rest of the team across the finish line. So as a result, the rest of the team kind of struggles or just goes through the motions because they know that they're still going to meet their, they're going to, they're still going to meet their, their quota or that, that metric because they have these two superstars. Right. So in, in this scenario, you can divide your team into two smaller groups and then assign one of these high performers to lead each one of the teams, make it kind of a competition. Of course, you're going to emphasize the, the, the star employee's role to help the other people on the team kind of improve their performance. You want to avoid focusing on hitting the quota. You know, the quota is the thing that that's the metric that we're kind of being judged on. But if that if we're only focusing on that, then basically the same behavior is going to occur. The, the stars are going to pull their entire small team across the across the finish line. Instead, focus on, on the performance, improving performance in the other people that are on the team. Help your stars help the other people. So instead, so th this way you're going to give your top performers a new challenge to conquer, by the way. And at the same time, these top performers learn to collaborate with their teammates better. This also allows you to give the non-performers kind of hands-on support and hands-on coaching. So your top talent now can better can be better utilized as mentors to share their best work with other group members and um, leveling the playing field a, a, a bit. And in turn, you end up with an overall better team performance. Um, so let's get back to that, that first thing that I kind of mentioned, you know, praise in public and criticize in private, because I know what some of you are thinking, because this is what I was thinking too when I first came across this concept. Wait, 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 wait. 
doesn't this advice contradict the old that old management adage? You know, adage you're supposed to praise in public and criticize in private. Well, not necessarily. Um, if you spread praise to all of your team members publicly on a consistent basis, then you can build great teamwork. The problem that most of us have, though, from this advice is that we typically just don't praise enough. So if we just give a single piece of praise once a month at the annual monthly meeting or something like that, you, you might actually be shooting yourself in the foot. Other team members will kind of think, well, why? I work harder than that person. And why didn't the boss mention me as well? Uh, and so also keep in mind that the advice to praise the entire team that we talked about a few minutes ago is, is for teams that are kind of estranged where where morale may be a little lower. You may not have that team culture yet. Um, it, it basically just gives you another solid tool to help you build more teamwork within your organization. Once that rapport and that trust level increases, then praising in public is going to give you a, a much better result. So just kind of keep that in mind. So the third tip is that you don't want to just sweep conflicts under the rug. Um, conflicts arise because people have differing opinions. As one would expect, with a with diverse a diverse team of individuals, um, sometimes teammates can get on they can get on each other's nerves, and on, a, and on occasion they may upset each other's feelings or unknowingly insert a team member's idea by opposing or in in contra in at the same time the other people on the team or the person who was who was opposed will see it as a personal conflict, right? A personal attack. So um, those kind of things are going to occur and disagreements, they, they will have the propensity to really interrupt production, but avoiding all of those conflicts, con conflicts is also really, really unhealthy. Um, I, I once made a mistake by the mistake of like, venting to my coworkers only for it to come back to bite me in the butt later. It, it, it ended up creating a tense relationship that really hindered the entire group's performance. So if a, if a disagreement actually sparks out because of a, a difference in opinion about procedures, Sometimes it's better to just kind of let it play out. See if the opposing side has a valid idea worth testing. See if the, the opposing side has a valid idea worth testing. Conflicts, a lot of times, they kind of get a bad rap because, uh, but they can actually create a, a, a very positive change. Conflicts, once resolved, can create new ideas and new opportunities. This process really drives the company forward. By the way, when you unite a diverse team, especially in the way that you deal with conflicts, you can actually make recruiting team members much easier. Because um, if, you, if you follow the steps that we've kind of covered here, then you'll attract a new high-level team member or a groups groups of high-level team members to your to your culture. New hires and potential new employees, they want to feel a part of the family when they're when they're hired on. And adding the right new people will help feed into the diverse unity that you've created. So it can it can be difficult to manage a diverse a diverse workplace, especially if you've got no plan of action. So, but when you build your team by encouraging these inclusive behaviors, you get better results. Remember, there are different ways to do everything. So don't be complacent when you see when you start to see the the first instances of teamwork created within this group 
keep in mind that lifetime habits are really hard to break. So if you take your foot off the gas, you may quickly see all that camaraderie unravel very, very quickly. But the thing to keep in mind is that inclusive companies meet the needs of their team by providing a common purpose and supporting a diverse environment. So first, build open lines of communication. Next, celebrate your team's achievements. And then finally, welcome conflict and solve the conflict in a positive way. Use this conflict to generate breakthrough ways of thinking in your industry and your productivity is going to really soar. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.